When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome to the Manchester Red podcast for Manchester News. I'm Rich Fair. I'm delighted to say I'm joined on the sunny bank holiday. Where else would any of us rather be? And recording, I'm joined by Samuel Lockhurst. Good afternoon. Good afternoon again. And Kieran Kelly. Hello. Um, and, well, before we come on air, we said there's only one place to start, and there is today. Gareth Bale. Well, well, well. Those heroics in Kiev. He saved United's season in the way, didn't he, Gareth Bale? He managed to silence it. It would have been unbearable today if Liverpool had won. It would, and it's it's sunny. It's it's a much happier and, and buoyant atmosphere. It, it is peculiar how uh, the United fans' mood seems to have just been completely not. I think lifted is an yeah. understatement from uh, from Liverpool not winning uh, the European Cup, and uh, the the perspective and the outlook is is a lot more positive as well because they are trying to sign players on top of that. But with with Bale, it's just I think it just really does underline how fickle football can be and that before that game he'd have struggled to find any United yeah. fans who wanted him after he that gymnastic genius <laughs> from him and, and it, it truly is given the stage I think it has to be recognised as just one of the greatest goals on, on the film um, a lot of United players want him now I mean I've always been of the opinion that there's, there is an argument a valid argument that United should go for him because he operates from the right wing mm. United are a bit lopsided in attack. They do need a right winger there. On his day, he is a world-class player. You look at the three Champions League finals he's played with Ronaldo and he's outperformed mm. Ronaldo in each one, which is some going. Obviously, he's not had that consistency, but we're talking about a player who... I mean, his value would have rocketed after what happened Saturday evening, but he's, he's a player who's worth probably in excess of £150 million. And that's understandable in the current market, what he's achieved... At Madrid, he's played a pretty big role in probably three of the four Champions Leagues that he's that they've won there during his time. He scored winners in two of the finals. Uh, again, it just it just comes back to that consistency, the injury record, the fact that the Madrid fans have never really taken mm. to him. Uh, I, I mean, I think looking at Mark and Ayas's um, splashes today, it's both. Both headlines are exactly the same, which is Cristiano stay. Now, from Ronaldo's perspective, that's mission accomplished yeah. because that's what he want with what he wanted when he gave that post-match interview on Saturday and he was saying about how it should be, I think he said it should be renamed the CR7 yeah. Champions League. Very Zlatan. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it felt very Zlatan. He is arrogant, but he's arrogant in his own way. Yeah. It, it felt like a little departure from it, but he just has that knack, Ronaldo. However... Pauling, he may play in a big game of yeah. <laughs> hogging the limelight from Bale, and Bale's future doesn't even appear on the front pages in the Madrid Sports Dailies. And it'd be interesting to see if Marker did do a poll now, should Real Madrid mm. sell Gareth Bale? I still suspect the majority would say yes because he's just not seen as indispensable yeah. there. It's bizarre to think. I guess Real Madrid, most their fans, you get the feeling they'd happily sell Bale if it meant they could find another move for another exciting uh, winger. Yeah, and I imagine that that factors into it. I mean, they, 
looking at their finances, they, they're probably going to have to get rid of a big player yeah. to afford one. And Ronaldo, on Saturday night, it's, it's been a pleasure playing for him. On Sunday <laughs> night, is I'll see you next yeah. season. We've, we've seen this before. I think with, with Ronaldo's comments about his future, you just take them with a shovel of salt. But for Bale to have said what he did uh, to BT Sport was... It's so silly hell- after as well. Exactly. It was a bit Ronaldo style in the way that he, d- he made it all about yeah. himself after a game. But also... When he's been asked about his future before, he's so bland and yeah. insipid and just straight back to the answers. Um, with with this, for, for him to say about, I need to sit down with my agent, that's that's pretty explicit. And he's given Madrid an ultimatum there. It's you, you play me or, or I go elsewhere. I don't think it's going to be necessarily as easy as that, uh, even mm-hmm. with a club like United. If, if, if a player like that is going to be worth £150 million, I think the only way United are going to sign a player of that ilk that they'd have to sell a player for, for a similar fee and it just it, that throws up all sorts of complications as to whether United fans would not want Pogba mm-hmm. but take Bale again with that I'm not sure many United fans would take that it's a difficult one is it Ken? do you think do you echo those thoughts of Bale do you think he's available you don't have to go for him or do you think it's still it's a difficult one isn't yeah. it because you talk about Sam said the fee's got to be astronomical it'll be yeah. a club record fee if they need him they do need a right winger, but is Gareth Bale the one they need? Yeah, his favourite role is, is through the middle, mm-hmm. and that's he's only played under that one position, well, that one position under one manager, and that was Benitez, and that was only six months. So uh, I don't think Mourinho's going to necessarily go back to four two three one to accommodate him as, as strange as it sounds, because I think they've kind of settled on four three three now. You're seeing that. They set their stall out early getting Carrick's replacement. That's looking like it's going to be Fred. And you would think Fred is going to be a key part of, of the team going forward, given how young he is. So um, I think if he was to sign, he'd, he'd have to, again, play on the flank. And given how um, he's been so dedicated to Sanchez playing on the left, I don't think he'd even move Sanchez out of the left uh, if Bale was coming in. So I think for me personally, uh, again, before Saturday, I would have very much said... It's a risk. Um, you're throwing 100 plus million at a position. In my opinion, they don't really need to improve in some ways compared to other positions. I mean, the priorities still have to be centre mid and the full backs and possibly a centre back. And I think the danger is you lose sight of that and mm-hmm. three, three quarters of your budget's gone or <laughs> even you know most of their budget. So um, I think equally though, um, we all know Woodward loves Bale and United have, have tried for the best part of 10 years to sign him when he's all the way back to Southampton I don't think um, that's changed that if he did become available they'd be in the mix but I think it's a gamble you know I think he's the. I think the injury record thing is, is maybe blown up yeah. a little um, in my opinion I mean he's, he's kept fit since December and uh, that's good going for him um think you know he is 29 in July but for Mourinho I don't think he'd turn him down and to have given how he's 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 very much thinking medium term all the time to have Bale in his team he'd be delighted but it just presents another complication when you think how um, that front line has not been firing for six months now and you've got so many great talent there that my opinion isn't hasn't clicked into life and if you throw another one in there is it suddenly going to click or are you just presenting yourself with another expensive problem because uh, there's going to be so much expected of him given A, he's a proven Premier League superstar and B, 
all that money. So it's a huge gamble. I think what you say about Mourinho is the key there. Mm. That if he wants him, which he was, he 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 always says that. I don't like to talk about other teams' players, but with Bale last year, he was clearly exerting pressure mm. on Madrid. To I think he said the head of the Super Cup, if he doesn't play. I'll be interested yeah. if he does play game over. And obviously Madrid did start him in that game. And it's a bit of a peculiar one because United are clearly trying to find or get team-focused players in. And when you bring a player like Bale in, having signed Sanchez in January, and you've already got Marshall, and you've already got Rashford, and you've already got Lukaku, it's some, it feels a little top-heavy, but also it's a bit like slapdash as well. Yeah. Um, it's almost as if okay, he scored that phenomenal goal. We have to be interested in him. Even though United have obviously tried to sign him in, in, in recent years. Recently, I think, after they signed Sanchez, you just detected that that was it. That, that was it. They wouldn't necessarily mm-hmm. go down that um, that avenue. And also when, I think, after Luke Shaw, who's who has the same agent as Bale, um, it came out after the Brighton game in March, how United were risking... The chances of signing Bale um, in certain reports, I think a lot of United fans say, well, so yeah. what, it doesn't matter. We're probably not going to go for him, but goals change games <laughs> and goals change careers yeah. and career paths as well. And uh, I, I just think that, as, as Kieran said, I don't think Bale is the kind of player who, he's not like even Perisic, who you can forget about after six months. I think he is a player who, a year later, you're still liable to say, "Yeah, if he's available, go mm. for him." And that's that's what it all boils down to. If, I mean, he clearly seems to be trying to make himself available. If Madrid make him available, then I think from Mourinho and Woodward's perspective, that's a no-brainer that they'd, they'd go for him. As he said, though, if he goes, it's likely one big player might have to leave. You can imagine the uproar if Bell came in and took Marshall's number eleven shirt as well. He lost two shirts in a row, but. I mean, sport believe that Marshall isn't for sale. That's, that's yeah. The, the, I mean, it's it, it, it's not too different from just the way Mourinho operates the transfer window, which is that if a player wants to leave, he will grant yeah. them their wish there. And if Marshall does agitate to leave, then that's what will happen. Um, De Gea, remarkably, for a player who was like a, a fax machine away from signing for Real Madrid, yeah. hasn't agitated to leave at all in the three years that have elapsed since then. Um, so it, the, I mean it's, it's reassuring for United supporters in a way that United have kind of like left it to Marshall it's up to yeah. you if you want to stay here um, I don't think they're going to get in a position where they are with Luke Shaw now whereby they've not negotiated a new contract and they're really in a position mm-hmm. some of the, I, I guess they have to sell him even though um, you know they're, they're not in terms of their talks, they're not as anywhere near as mm. far along the line as someone with Alexandro, who's a player of interest to them at left-back, as they are with players like Fred and, and Toby Alderweireld, who they are, you know, the discussions are much more uh, at an advanced stage. Uh, but I just think from Marshall's perspective, obviously where there is an awful lot of competition, where he has had his nose put out of joint by Sanchez coming in, and he is linked with clubs who... You know, of great repute, that there is a temptation there for, for there would be a temptation there for him to, to look elsewhere. But as I said, it's 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 re- reasonably reassuring for United fans that the club are of this mindset that they're not trying to hawk mm. him about to other clubs, and they're certainly not looking to make room uh, in the squad at his expense. 
Yeah, as you mentioned earlier, Kieran, the, the positions that United are looking to stroke still need to be the priority of central midfield. Fred looks like a matter of time for his signs. Do you think United fans should be excited by him? Do you think he's got maybe... United fans, there seems to be a bit of a mix. They don't quite know what to expect from him. There's mixed reports yeah. he's attacking players, and mixed reports saying he's a defensive player. What, what should United fans be looking for from Fred? Yeah, but, um, I think he just described himself as a conductor um, under his current manager. I think that's exactly what United needs, you know. Um, been so many games, particularly in the spring, where they lack that character type who could just dictate and speed things up or slow them down. And Matic obviously takes that extra touch. Pogba can be so erratic sometimes, and you just need someone to kind of calm and settle things down and have a bit of guile and energy as well. And he seems to have all that. Um, so I think it's a bit similar to Matic last summer. I, I mean, um, anyone smart knew that was a brilliant signing, but. He's obviously not someone who's going to sell shirts, bar in one country. Mm. Um, whereas I think Fred is similar to that. That you know, the way it's gone now, a fifty million pound player isn't you know a, a superstar, is it? So I think it's his age as well. There's the kind of player who can evolve under Mourinho, as we've seen with those kind of players down through the years in that position. So I think um, it'd be a canny enough addition. I mean. Again, particularly if they can get it over the line before the World Cup, because um, feasibly, you know, he has a decent World Cup. His value goes up as mm. someone like Milinkovic Savic uh, could happen as well. So, I think that that's still how I feel that you need to get those priority positions done, and anything else is a bonus. Um, I think United are smart enough now to be like that, whereas in previous years, maybe when a big name, you think of Ramos and that contract talks. Um, just getting hypnotised by it whereas I think they will play a canny game with Bale and the groundwork in a way has been done over the years and Barnett and Woodward know each other well um, there's always a, there's already a connection there so um, as complicated as that deal is I think it's, it's about getting those early deals done and consensus seems to be that you know they are pulling out all the stops to, to have at least you know those two or three players in by July 15th which is when the team fly out so um I think that's really key because um, the last thing they want is to be going into August needing yeah. needing these key players because you, you want to bridge that gap. You're going to need those small details that are so important to, to Mourinho and the squad as a whole. You mentioned it earlier as well, Samuel, that United can't really get distracted. They've still got these uh, these key issues they need to solve early on. And Fred, should United fans be excited for him? Is he exactly what they need? Or I think from... I've not seen much of him at all I think there's as Kim said there's just a misconception with certain players you'll look at them and you'll just immediately think he's a defensive midfielder because he's physical but clearly watching Fred there's positive intent with him he plays a forward pass which again as Kieran said United lacked that I think Matic had a, a, a decent first season and particularly at the start was excellent but he's a lateral passer of the ball and it says it all about United's midfield issues since Ferguson retired and, and he was culpable for that because he stopped signing midfielders in his last six years for some reason that Carrick was he was the pivot in that team and the best periods of football they played under Van Gaal under Mourinho Carrick was in that side and as soon as he came out of it um, it, it upset the balance and I think it was a massive compliment to him that last year Liverpool particularly targeted him 
in that Old Trafford draw because if they, they, they knew if they could disturb him, then mm. United's conduit between defence and attack was was gone there. So Fred's obviously a younger alternative, which is absolutely what they needed. It kind of partly explains why they were looking at, at Jorginho as well, but he looks like he's going to go to City. Um, it, it helps also, I think, from Woodward's perspective that he's Brazilian. Um, United fans, football fans in general, seem to buzz off the fact that their club might sign Brazilian because it's a country of in- incredible repute in football. Uh, but it's 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 been a good grounding for him at a place like Shakhtar. There's a good conversion rate there of Brazilians, and then coming, you know, going from Brazil to Eastern Europe, then coming into Western Europe and, and, and performing well. And I just think also it's reassuring for United that uh, Pep Guardiola did want to sign him. I think if he has yeah. Guardiola's seal of approval. It's it's a very it's in a way it's a little bit of a surprise that United are interested in him because Guardiola the prototype of Guardiola midfielder is completely different mm. to the Mourinho prototype, but uh, he does have that physicality that Mourinho demands in his players, but he's also got the, the silk to complement the steel, I suppose. Yeah, Kerry with uh, Fred looking like it's a matter of time now. Uh, what what position have to set the midfield for United? We have to prioritise. Yeah. Magic. Um, I think it has to be a fullback, really, doesn't it? Um, you think if they ended that window, with all, with all due respect, Ashion Fancy have been brilliant, you know, converting into fullbacks, but if they're ending that window with just those two lads, you'd be, you'd be kind of thinking, well, no matter who you buy at left wing or centre mid, you're still going to have that issue to, to ease the burden on them. So I think, me personally, it would be, you know, if you could get a left back. And I mean, if you could get two, that'd be amazing. But again, like I said, I don't think their budget is necessarily that they can buy five fifty million pound players. So you're probably looking at left back as being the one that, that gets the edge. Whatever happens with Luke Shaw, so uh, yeah, I think left back personally. Do you agree that some of the fullback situation needs to be. We've seen over the last season how much it changed Man City from being at the other side to being the finished article. Do you think it's the same United? Yeah, and that was that was obviously without. That without Mendy for the majority of it, but, but Walker was was brilliant. Mm. Um, I think I certainly think United probably should have brought a, a fullback in sooner than they're intending to mm. this summer. Um, I, I mean, with with Alderweireld, I, I just think that that's that's a really good opportunity there, even given that he's twenty nine and uh, Tottenham will probably try pull out well, Daniel Levy will <laughs> certainly try and extort them um, as much stadium, as possible. Yeah, uh, I, I, I think if you've got Alderweireld in place, then that's a really impressive defensive spine of him by if he plays and uh, and, and De Gea. I just there aren't many in the league that on paper look as formidable and, and as imposing as that. Uh, with the right back situation, I, th- I mean, I think there's almost an argument to say that because you've got Luke Shaw and you know his ability, that the right back is. Is more pressing need because Valencia's delivery really is like so so bad. It's, it's it's amazing how how good he was at the start of his United career, where he had a bit of variety in his crossing, and now when he gets the ball, and it's been the case for many years. In fairness, yeah. there's been the odd purple patch, but uh, the amount of times he hits the first man, it's it's unforgivable, really. But United clearly seem to have struggled to nail down a specific player in. Bringing in the right back, and I think we go back a couple of years when they signed Bailly, that was 
a bit of a surprise for everybody. I think if there's to be a surprise, there's some from United, probably the right back, because there isn't a name that has particularly stood out. Bayerin's been mentioned, Cedric Suarez has at Southampton, um, the Croatian Atletico Madrid Fair player, nice. yeah. 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 who lasted, lasted 10 minutes at yeah. Arsenal before he was sent off. Um, it's, it's difficult to really nail one down, whereas mm. at left-back it's quite, everybody's yeah. aware of they've looked at. It's been Sandro, Rose, uh, Kieran Tierney, Sessignon to a lesser extent yeah. because he's now pretty much a fully-fledged winger. So I, I'd still say, given that they're not not a long way down the line with Alvaro, but they're clearly working on a deal with Alvaro there, that if they've got that spine in place, that's that's particularly crucial. But then moving on from that, you, you'd certainly say a fallback, even though it looks like they're going to want another central midfielder as well. There's one point we've got to talk about a bit later on, maybe, but bring it in now and talk about right-backs. We've got to talk about United Loneys this season and their chances next season. There's, you know, social media age, lots of fans asking if Fosu Mensa is the answer to deserve a run of the team. I mean, the jump from Crystal Palace to United first team is massive, don't go wrong, but if he has a good pre-season, do you think he should definitely be in and around the first team next year? I certainly think he's a valid squad member. Um, I think towards the end of the season when Palace had a really good run that mm. obviously kept them up, I don't think he was getting a look in at all. I think his last game might have been in, in March yeah. or something like that. But it was, a, it was a positive campaign for him that he did get a lot of playing time. Um, I just, I know he's still quite young, but he's one of those players who you could see Mourinho just slaughtering because he's, he's prone to making rash decisions. Um, right back's not his best position as well yeah. either. He's, he's, he's a central midfielder, but it's going to be incredibly difficult to force his way into that. But he has the, um, the, the advantage, I suppose, of that he's going to be going on that pre-season tour. But then again, he, he went on the tour uh, last yeah. year and I think he came on the first game against LA Galaxy. It was shocking. And then Mourinho pulled him off about 20 minutes later on. So he's a good player, but I, he's going to be one of those players I just think will we'll, we'll struggle to get on the bench. Yeah. Uh, Kieran, do you think there's any other United's lowly maybe youngsters that have a chance pushing into uh, that season? Of course, uh, again, this will link with the point, the next point of Kieran McKenna's new mm-hmm. sort yeah. role within the... Uh, I'm trying to think of who else. That's obviously... Had Pereira and Nothing said or anything about him. <laughs> it's a weekly shout out. Yeah, I mean, you you look at someone like Dean Henderson, who's done brilliantly, and it's almost sad that he's yeah. he's probably going to be out of contract, isn't he? Because he's only got a month left, and um, I know it's League One, but he's it's such a tender yeah. age. He's looked the best, and even he has been the best keeper in the division. Some good saves in the playoff defeat. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah I suppose the argument there was that O'Hara's there and he's 22, similar age bracket, and that, uh, you know, is it worth shaking it up there? But I think he's been brilliant, um, proof that, you know, if you're brave enough to go on loan, you know, two years running, he's gone on loan, it really pays off and he'll probably get a good move. And I think the same for Sam Johnston, uh, you know, 18 months at Villa, and I think there are a lot of people kind of looking at him wondering, you know, is he going to be even good enough to play at that yeah. you know top six championship level be surprised for me if he wasn't uh, getting a Premier League move next year so I think uh, a lot said about the low, low move system you know you think of how many big clubs send so many players out but uh, there have been a few examples um, on United's books certainly where, where players have done themselves no harm in terms of ones coming back to really make an impact I'm not sure because even looking at Toon Zabi was, was probably the pick of them and 
because uh, injury only played five games yeah. I think at Villa and um, for me he's still probably the one where you think out of all those guys even Pereira he's he's got a great shout of, of at least being in and around but it's just how do you fit him in you know if you and I buy another centre back and feasibly keep Smalling and Jones and Lindelof and Rojo and Rojo <laughs> There's, there's nowhere there, you know, so it's it's tricky. It really is for yeah. for, for guys who you, you can tell have, have great potential and, and you've seen with McTominay how someone can come on so much with that bit of confidence, so you wonder. I do wonder, and uh, we mentioned that, but players possibly part of uh, Samuel. It looks like Matthew Darmian <laughs> might be on his way out soon. The Flay still wants a new contract. What can supporters expect in terms of departures this summer? I think Fellaini's just, I mean, I was told a couple of months ago, it's, it's just gone then at that yeah. point. It was a bit of a surprise after, I think had he not scored that goal against Arsenal, then there wouldn't have been that flurry of optimism that he was going to sign. It was a bit a bit peculiar that Mourinho was so optimistic about it when he rejected a new contract in September and there's just been nothing happening since then. No, no progress made whatsoever, so it would be quite dramatic and drastic for that for him to then suddenly yeah. sign a contract and uh, you can imagine what it would be like if the window ended with I don't know United keeping Fellaini and selling Pogba and Marshall I mean I I, I think we'd be outside the Lowry with the protesters <laughs> yeah. if, if, if that happened uh, Darmian is I mean I don't know why Mourinho was playing him towards the end of the season I think he's playing him after he made comments saying that he was keen on going to Juventus as well He's just not been good enough. He's probably been the shakiest right back I've seen at United since Paul Parker's last season. Mm. That that was that was pretty gruesome. Uh, Daily Blind is another who's piped up in uh, Holland, saying that he, he obviously can't be happy with the situation. He's considerate. So those are the likeliest candidates. I mean, Luke Shaw, just by virtue of his situation, by virtue of the coach he's working under, it, it would be remarkable. I think if he were to stay at United. Uh, beyond the closure of the window. Obviously, the window for English clubs closes on August the 9th, but they can still sell players uh, until the end of until the end of the month. With with Shaw, I just... United haven't... He's not helped himself, but also, I think, had he not suffered that injury at the end of last season, then they probably would have sold him in that summer purely because of the contract situation. Um, but the injury kind of gave him a reprieve and he's not, not capitalised on it. With a centre-back, you look at that area and if Alderweire is to come in, you can't really justify that yeah. amount of centre-halves. I think Tuanzebe is going to have to have a season-long loan. He needs regular football. He's good enough to have regular football. He certainly should have had more chances than players like Rojo and certainly Lindelof towards uh, at, at the start of the season. Um, I mean, Rojo, it's incredible that someone can play properly well for five months in their first four years at a club and they get a new contract. I've got nothing against Rojo, but that is the reality of it. When he got the injury last year, rightly a lot of United fans thought he was a, he would be a bigger loss than Ibrahimovic because he had been playing very, very well up until that point. But other than that period of between, I think it was Swansea away that season to that injury against Anderlecht, other than that period, he's he's been woeful for United and nine appearances, six yellow cards this season says it all. But given that he signed a new deal as recently as March, it doesn't look like he'll be going anywhere this summer. 
that's the movement on the pitch away from it uh, as we mentioned earlier Kieran McKenna looks like he's going to get his a new role as a bigger part in Mourinho's first team staff alongside Michael Carrick and the Sampdoria coach who yes. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name Repeti Repeti he's been practicing that a few times it's almost like a Dolmio I don't know the right move for Mourinho do you think? yeah it's um, I think it sends a good message um, it ticks all the boxes as well so first see you've Got a, an ex-player there in Carrick. Players respect. Who's already been unofficially coaching them for the best part of six months. You've seen how Pogba, McTominay, all the midfielders have, have really learned so much from him. So that's that was such an obvious move. Um, Repetti, someone he worked with at Inter. Um, very similar, kind of less is more approach to training. Very um, hands-on, popular with players. I think bringing an outside influence is always good whenever you can. And then McKenna, uh, you know, it's just a remarkable story, 32, um, career ended 10 years ago, and, and here he is, you know, getting one of the top jobs at United. I think for me, out of the three of them, even Carrick, that's the most exciting one because you think if Mourinho even opens his ear a tiny bit, what he could do um, in, you know, that, that bridging that gap between the academy and the first team, um, the work he's done with the academy, uh, with Chong, it's been brilliant. You know, he, he was so careful in handling Chong. Um, you know, could tell he was obviously one of the best players, but after that serious knee injury, he really, really made the point, having gone through awful injuries himself, of, of easing him back in, and that's really paid dividends. And I think Chong is, is not going to look back now mm. wherever he goes. Um, and he plays a good brand of football. So... I think it's it's good to have new voices. He's he's obviously had these um, Savino, Laura, and Rufri working with them, you know, more than fifteen years, um, and he probably wouldn't have changed things up had Free not gone. So it's presented him with this opportunity now to to bring some fresh ideas in, and you would hope that that can help United, you know, that style of play because. The way they started last season was was really exciting. I think it's easy to forget that you know those first eleven games were were really good to watch. But what happened uh, beyond that was was hard to watch. And I'm not saying that all three of these coaches are going to be like a flick and a switch. But I think you're going to see maybe some new things um, and new new methods, which can only be good for the players because Mourinho's reputation obviously precedes him. The third season, the players aren't really getting the message as clear as they were. Um, and he's got to find a way now of you know it not blowing up like it has before and I think this could be a small little step you never know I think what's interesting about McKenna as well is that even though I think there's that clip of him with Angel Gomez at the Player of the Year Awards last year where Gomez is so overwhelmed and nervous being on live television that he starts uh, spluttering and McKenna sat next to him like puts his arm around him and intervenes so he's got that avuncular side but when he came into that academy team a lot of the youngsters were it was a jolt for them they were taken back by this kind of like sergeant major style to it and were fearing the worst but you see the results he's derived from them the fact that Gomez and Chong are the two players who've won the Jimmy Murphy Young Player of the Year under him that all goes really well because I think with Mourinho there were Obviously, his man management thrives on conflict, and he's not really an arm around the shoulder uh, manager. Even though I think, with much of his criticism this season of the players, it's been completely warranted. But when you've got Carrick, who 
has been teammates to all those players mm-hmm. who's going to be able to you could see him playing a good cop role and you could see McKenna also you know, partly taking on that role but he's also a bit of a hard taskmaster it's a really interesting and unique dynamic that they'll they'll have going on there and as Kieran said earlier I just think that they did need a bit they do need some fresh impetus there because even though they started the season very well the way it ended it, it felt very very stagnant yeah I guess uh, while we're talking about how the season ended and sort of looking back on that season as a whole I mean United maybe done a favour on the weekend because they've gone from having a kind of bad season to the second best season out of any English side really this year yeah, I mean, with it says a lot that. I mean, I'd still say Chelsea have had a better season because they've yep. won something. But there'll be new football fans who attend. Me, well, they finish fifth yeah. outside the Champions League places, and they've got Thursday nights uh, to look forward <laughs> to next season. But you, you define your seasons by by silverware, and I think a club like United, they they have become a little bit arsed on the way that they seem to be operating on. Uh, you know, whether we're in the top four or mm. not, is, I mean, David Moyes got sacked because Champions League qualification went out the window. Louis Van Gaal got sacked because, for the same reason, but because of the cup final coming up, um, he was given a stay of execution until pretty much after the final whistle. In fact, actually, just going off that during that cup final, the BBC reporter who pretty much put the fi- final nail in the coffin was told the news at half time so it was it was that yeah. premeditated he, and, and it was still nil at that nil nil at that point um, so United are in this position where and Woodward's comments even though it, in the quarterly call um, quarterly conference call even though it was a reasonable response to what someone asked about the commercial growth of the club for him to say that the playing side doesn't really affect the commercial side when you read that quote in black and white, it's not going to go down well with supporters who are wondering um, why or why this this club has gone five years without winning a league, um, despite spending as much as they have. And it's almost as if United's priorities are still a bit questionable at, at that boardroom level. So it certainly wasn't a good season. I know they made progress in the Premier League, but... Um, Finishing 19 points behind City that is is embarrassing, really. I know City have outspent United since Guardiola came in, but I still don't think that's a valid enough excuse. And with the squad United, what Mourinho had assembled there, it should have been doing much much better. But from that Anfield game in October onwards, that was um, that was the the start of the collapse of the title challenge, really. Okay, I guess the, as Samuel said there, and as any United fan will know. Silverware is a must next season, but top silver as well. And the players have been linked with Fred, Alderweireld, these mystery full-backs and maybe yeah. another attacker. Do you think that's enough to bridge the gap and to make United you know, title contenders and these changes off the field as well? Do you think this is the, a big risk maybe for Marie, but a, a huge summer as well for him? Yeah, I think the key, as I said a few months ago, I think was getting those functional players because, you know, as with Bale, you, you throw the majority of your budget won't attacker and expect it to click mm-hmm. and not have the time really for it to click. It'd be such a gamble. I think you would see, for example, Sanchez, he can't get any worse, can he? You know, he's having a summer off in pre-season. I think he will come back a, a much better product. Um, and, you know, you look at how Rashford and Martial started last season. I think you could expect them to improve on how they ended the season. So, 
I think a lot of the players there have another level to go up again. Um, and then I think someone like Lukaku can get even better. So there, there, there are players there that I think Mourinho can get even more out of. And if you can keep by fit um, and actually play him, silly things like that can only help the team. And I, I do think personally, you know, um, to overturn City, even if you spend 200 million under Mourinho, I think it'd be, it's so hard. But um, if he buys the right players and his players, crucially, I think um, they'll at least close that gap. I mean, it's, it, for me, it's, it's as much the mentality of that squad and, and the tactics of Mourinho as much as spend the money at times because I mean, games there where it's just gallon that they've they've lost or they've dropped points and equally you've seen at other times the heart of the team and there's resilience there and, and the comebacks have been were, were really good in 2018 at times but you just need to get that balance where you can put away others field away and you don't have to go 2-0 down away to City uh, to suddenly wake up and win um, I think that's the challenge for him more than anything um, so I think the transfer market has a bit to do with that, but I think a lot of those players have uh, potentially half a level and a level to go up. And I think there are certain things that they just need to get spot on next season, like having a settle back for. I mean, partly why De Gea has been so good is because he's been so busy, and that's because he's rarely had a settle back for. He's think of how many different pairings they've had in the past two years. Yeah. It's ridiculous, isn't it, for a top team? Um, and that's what title challenges are, are built on. So you know if you you spend all that money on Alvaro. You spend spend all that money on Bailly. Play the two of them together, and, and play it. Yeah. <laughs> the the irony is, he's. I think the only time Lindelof and Bailly started together last season was in Moscow. Yeah, it was in a back yeah. three. Yeah. You know, you're spending sixty million pounds on two defenders, and then you don't play them together yeah. as a partnership. It's just very very bizarre. And that's that's not to discredit Smalling either, who I know has his. That his was, and his moments but there have been times you know he, he's yeah. obviously done okay and better than people think um, but he's one of those players that only ever gets to talk about when he does something wrong really, yeah, yeah. and equally job. equally, he's, he's probably not someone you're going to build a, no. a, a title winning team these days around you know I, I don't think he's, he's quite at that level but equally there's a reason why Mourinho's playing him you know, yeah. so there's some resilience about him like the uh the City game obviously gets done by company again but he scores the, the winner and, and in the Palace comeback as well um, he, I think he got the first goal in that yeah. I think I was looking at I think he's weird he's got this weird record of like a quarter of his United goals have come in games where they were 2-0 down and they've gone on to win 3-2 so there's there's some resilience to him but he's as, as a, I think I'm saying at the weekend like him, him and Jones as a partnership. You look at their last, maybe their last four games together. Uh, the cup final, Jones is at fault for Hazard's goal. Semi final, they play brilliantly as a pairing. At Newcastle away, Smallings swan dive gives Newcastle free kick they score from, and Tottenham away, Jones scores a lump of an own goal. So with with those two, even though they have their own merits. As a partnership, you're just never going to win the league. With them. Mm. Uh, I guess the the last point. Um, looking ahead, what what movement can United fans expect before this World Cup? We know Mourinho wants to get his business done early. What can fans be looking forward to in the coming weeks? I'd, I'd imagine Fred will get done before the World Cup, even though he's quite 
diplomatic yeah. at his press conference last week. Um, his agent flew over to London last week and actually held, held discussions with United representatives and other intermediaries working on the deal. They've been working on the old rival deal for most of May. Um, I think it's difficult to get a resolution for that before the World Cup, I think purely just because of Daniel Levy. Uh, if, if United manage to do it, I imagine it will be for quite a hefty fee. Um, it's an invidious position Spurs are in because he's got this £25 million release clause which is triggered mm-hmm. next year. So if they're being that avaricious about it just for the sake of it, whereas next year they could lose out and they have a lot of money for him. Um, I, I think Tottenham just... I'm not saying it just because I hope United sign or anything like that. I just think from Tottenham's perspective, it makes a lot of sense to get rid of a player like that. Yeah. And particularly since Pochettino was at the mindset, right, he's going, Sam, Sanchez mm-hmm. is coming in, I need to play him as often as possible. Um, with with William, there have been some very informal talks held there, but it's not at an advanced stage at all. I think he's obviously burned his bridges with, with Conte, but it doesn't, it doesn't really make much of a difference because it looks like Chelsea are going to be having a new manager come in um, and then from, from then on I mean the, the weird thing is that Mourinho can be very capricious in transfer windows and they're looking in for a backup striker um, th- th- they're not publicly saying they are but they, they yeah. definitely are touching base with um, certain players representatives and there have been some very very underwhelming names mentioned there <laughs> Uh, they'll want a second midfielder if Fellaini goes, which he probably will, uh, which Mourinho has also said. And of course, they want the fullback as well. The, the weird thing is, is that when you take into account all the positions they're looking at, you've got at least half a dozen players who could come in or seven players who could come in. But my gut instinct would still be that come the end of the transfer window on August the 9th, they'll add four in. Uh, I think that's... They need a minimum of four. I think Mourinho would probably prefer five, but uh, I think four is certainly the target, as it was last year and the year before that as well. Do you agree with that, Kieran? Four, four men can transform United. <laughs> Impressive. Yeah, I think, I think um, probably going into it, people thought there might have been maybe like six or seven players, yeah. even United, whereas when you actually look at those who he would ship out and who would ask to leave, crucially, you are easily on one hand so I think it's similar in terms of incomings I think they're doing well to get four you know last season he wanted four and the Perisic deal didn't happen um, I could see them maybe even looking at a free transfer if they were to sign a striker you know that, that wouldn't surprise me if Mourinho to sign yeah. a 33 year old Hugo Almeida who's God knows what age he is now or something <laughs> but that kind of bracket he did try and sign him yeah, well, didn't he? yeah just those kind of you know fill a gap type of player so I think at least they're um, you know I think for him if pre-season three out of the four deals are done that's good going Um, but this new deadline has made it harder and um, it'll be really interesting to see you know I'm personally expecting a left field in one of those positions there to be at least one just complete shocker that no one really saw coming Um, I don't know who that would be, obviously, <laughs> but you just look at the records, you know, uh, Sanchez, opportunistic, Lukaku, opportunistic, by his first signing, so it would surprise me if it is just as we expect, um, 
bar, you know, variation in fees. Oh, well, that's what more fans look forward to. They've got a curveball <laughs> on the way, maybe. And who knows, by next time you listen to Manchester Red, there could be an unbearable Fred announcement video doing the rounds on social media. Um, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, make sure to stick with Manchester Evening News for all of United's latest transfer dealings. And thank you, Samuel McKeown, for joining us today. Thank make you. sure to subscribe to Manchester Is Red podcast on iTunes and Acast for all the latest updates. Perfect. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, bad boy. Yeah.